0: And for a lot of people, even strengthening the own, their own foundation of faith that they do have, uh, if they have a faith themselves. And it's around relationships, you know, this way, where you get to build uh, friendships with people around a meal. And then you watch a video that really teaches about one of those topics from a Christian perspective who is Jesus? Why did Jesus die? How do I read the Bible? Why do I pray? Things like that. Very foundational. And then afterwards, we have discussion time, and you're not there as a leader to answer the questions, but yet to facilitate a discussion amongst participants so that their own thoughts are provoked and really allow the Holy Spirit to work in their lives, which is amazing because you have a front row seat to watching God change people's lives. And it's uh, pretty amazing time and time again um, to see. So basically, what I do is tell stories, hear stories, and watch God change lives in different churches around the state. And right now, I think I'm working with around 300 of them or so, which is amazing to think of where I was, you know, seven, to eight years ago, uh, waiting in parking lots for for drug dealers. So the reason I mentioned Alpha, obviously, because it's what I do, but also it's going to set us up for what we're going to talk about here for uh, the rest of our morning. And I encourage you to think of three people in your life that you know that do not know Jesus. Is it your neighbors? It could be a family member. It could be a friend. It could be someone, your barista that you're really close to that sees you probably multiple times a day or whatever that looks like. Uh, Think of three people in your life who do not know Jesus and get those names actually in your head or even write them down if you're taking notes. And today we're going to talk about how your story might just be the spark, might just be the ticket that helps pique their curiosity around faith and start to ask questions themselves. So does everybody have three people in mind? Here's some head nods. Up front, you have to say yes, right? You have to. Um, And some people find it a little difficult thinking of three people, maybe they're at church all the time, they go from church to Christian radio, to home, to family that's believers, do it on repeat a few times a week with different small groups and things like that. If you're having difficulty thinking of three people in your life, think of people that you know who are in some sort of transition. A lot of times people in transition are more receptive to trying something new because things are already changing in their life. So uh, in thinking of those people, we're going to try to get some ideas going on how we can share the gospel with them, which can be quite challenging. And in doing that, we're going to be talking about the courageous belief. You know, I believe it's your third core value uh, that you guys have been talking about. And such an important core value because it completely matters what you believe. It really does matter what you believe. But I also think it matters even more what you believe enough to actually do. I mean, it's one thing to believe something, but it's another another level to believe enough to actually take action. So as it's mentioned in your pamphlet there, Courageous Belief. This is from um, right from here at South Everett Foursquare. We are bold in our belief that the gospel transforms lives, recognizing that apart from Christ we can do nothing, and acting on his clear call to raise up disciples, a generation of gospel-fluent city influencers. We are bold in our proclamation of the gospel and courageous in our efforts to seek the shalom of our cities. There's a few statements in there that just really stood out to me when I was meeting with Chris a month or so ago and going through this. By the way, if I say meeting with Chris, I know that I'm talking to like over half the room, what I got to know this morning. Like, hi, Christian. Nice to have you. All right, my name's Chris. I'm Chris. Male, female, everybody. Everybody's Chris. So Chris's, I'm uh, glad to be here with you today. Uh, so good. But what stood out to me right away, and that is bold in our proclamation of the gospel, courageous in our efforts, a clear call to raise up disciples, and what that takes, when I, when I think of those things, is that it means that we have to go. We have to go tell the story. We're not instructed to stay, and you can't make disciples just sitting in a room talking to one another, right? We are called to be on mission to go. And telling news is something that we do naturally. I mean, how many people like to tell others good news, right? People like to tell each other good news. Hopefully, we're going to have some good news later today with the Sounders playing and tomorrow night with the Seahawks hopefully beating up on those darn Niners that are just well-deserving of that. Uh, So, I mean, and it's so much easier telling good news than telling bad news. And we share stuff with people all the time. Social media is a prime example. It is literally a highlight reel. People don't put bad stuff on. Uh, People literally put the ways that make... News sound good. They put highlights up there. They even make pictures. Like, everybody's posing like this and says, I didn't even know they were taking a picture. Like, what do you mean? You don't just stand like that. Everybody likes to show good news and tell good news. And the best news of all, for some reason, is hard to share. I mean, the gospel is not only good news, for people that don't know it, it's breaking news. Like, this is something that can change their life from this moment on and will change their life. And a lot of times, people just haven't had an invitation to explore and have dialogue around these questions. Now, the story of Jesus and what he has done for you, done for me, done for us each individually, and what he means to your life is what needs to be shared. And a lot of times that is what will open the door to some of those conversations, how we handle what we've been through and what we receive from that moving forward. So as uh, with this, we want to start with someone in the Bible who had an a encounter, a transformative meeting with Jesus. And then we're going to look at how some of those things uh, can you know, relate to our life and what we're doing. So in Mark 5, verses 18 through 20, Um, This is one of the accounts of Jesus healing the demon-possessed man. So starting in verse 18, As Jesus was getting into the boat, the man who had been demon-possessed begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you and how he has had mercy on you. So the man went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus had done for him, and all the people were amazed. Now, in thinking of stories, we often think and know that stories have a beginning, a middle, and an end. But our stories, for us in this room, our stories are still ongoing. So we're going to look at this in terms of past, present, and future. So let's look at the past happenings. Let's take a look at this demon-possessed man's past before Jesus got out of that boat to come to see him. Earlier in Mark 5, it's starting in verse 3, it says, When Jesus came to the shore, he was met with a man with an unclean spirit. Demon possessed. He lived among the tombs, and no one could bind him anymore, not even with a chain. For he had often been bound with shackles and chains, but he wrenched the chains apart and he broke the shackles in pieces. No one had the strength to subdue him. Night and day among the tombs and on the mountains, he was always crying out and cutting himself with stones. People were scared of him. He was literally cast out into the stones. People didn't want to be around him. Heck, he didn't even like himself. He was running around crying out and cutting himself, completely um, possessed. He had no hope at this time of a normal future in society, in community, no hope of real relationships, not to mention eternity and When I think of my past, I encourage you to you know think of yours as well with my past, as you saw there were uh, there was drugs, there was lies, there was definitely um, Other things like people-pleasing and really just not acting or living like the person that I not only uh, was raised to be but knew that I wanted to be, not to mention what a loving family and school or even society said, (laughs) you know, you should be like. Uh, And at 26 years old, I can tell you it's not fun having to move back home to mom's house uh, as well. Um, And that was after another failed rehab attempt and losing a job who had already given me multiple choices. As you saw, I literally couldn't stop my mom, who's actually here today, and one of my biggest fans had to change the locks on the house and with that note basically say, no one else can help you except Jesus. People have tried. You have to take the effort, but here's where you're going to find your strength. That UGM phone number uh, on the back was sure uh, a blessing as well to help be you know, the transformative portion of that. So let's look at our journey. You know, all of our journeys are important to look at. All of our stories are important to tell. Dramatic testimony is not the only one that needs to be shared or that needs to be talked about. We all have a story to tell that might just help other people realize that that void in their life that they try to fill with material possessions or anything else is really just a God-shaped hole that only God can fill. And we all have different layers or ways that we can be vulnerable or transparent that is going to be able to help someone else. And these are stories and times that you need to share as well. I love hearing stories of people that say, I have been a follower of Jesus since I accepted him at four years old. I've never missed a Sunday. Everything in good times and bad, I have prayed through them and been steadfast the whole time. Because it encourages me for a great story of perseverance as well a solid relationship with God who won't ever leave you or forsake you. It is fully able to be had by us all. So unwavering faith is not boring. And I actually get a little bothered when I hear people say, well, I don't have a testimony to share. Everybody has a story to share. And if you're thinking of your story, you may be in that boat of, well, I don't know. I I still, I've just been at church my whole time. Nothing really that bad has really happened. Um, Just don't forget to think about all the ways that you probably tend to minimize that God has helped. Think of different areas of depression, anxiety, guilt, shame, regret. It doesn't have to be completely visible to all. Great outcomes and learning opportunities come from all situations, not just the radical ones, the daily ones as well. And then there's the bigger ones that oftentimes people say might not be part of their story, but yet would really help someone on their journey. Think of levels of grief, and then you know that God comforts and gives eternal life. Financial concerns, our provider is the one who helped get you through. Geographical relocations, God was there also wherever you went. Professional. He wants to use us and calls us where we are and where we will end up. Relational, he never leaves us nor forsakes us. He chooses you and made you. He calls you sons and daughters. And then situational, through pains, problems, sickness. God never has left you alone. So we need to look what he has done for us. And just think even in your own life for a minute. And maybe if you are writing notes next to those three names... What is a time that you know God was present in your life? What's something that you can think of? Maybe it's in one of those categories of, of grief or problems or relocation or depression or anxiety. What's an actual situation where you can look back and say, you know what? I maybe thought it was coincidence or good luck at the time, but uh, you know what? It probably was God, and I just didn't even notice it part of the alpha course is there's an alpha weekend. Sometimes it's a day retreat or sometimes it's a whole weekend where we really explore the person and presence of the Holy spirit. And one of the activities we do during that alpha weekend is to map out our journey. And we put, we tell people to put on like a spiritual lens. So it's not just writing down facts that happened in your life, but put them down and write them down from the perspective of just maybe it was God that helped you with that fork in the road Just maybe it was God that introduced me to that influential passenger or helped me get through that breakdown or the hills and valleys of life, right? Uh, Maybe it was God that directed me to that place as a refueling stop um, that can come in all shapes and forms. And when we start to see how insightful people really think it is when they say, gosh, I started to replace coincidence with God. I started to replace good luck with God. And it's amazing. I think he might've been there the whole time, right? I mean, it's so, it's so true. So I just, I do encourage you to think for a second. And you know what? That first thing that comes to mind, there's probably a reason it's coming to mind because that might be a way to start a conversation with one of those three people that you have already written down. So whatever you wrote down, whatever you're thinking about, I just encourage it to be shared um, because God moments are meant to be shared with others. So maybe that's stuff that's happened. So now look at the, let's look at the middle of the story, the present, our present, right, with what we're doing right now. And these can be life-changing moments because when I think of the present, there's, those are a lot of hinge. No matter right now, you, you can choose to go two directions, even left or right when you pull out of the parking lot. So we're constantly at a time of decision. In verse 18, the once who was demon-possessed man, the man begged to go with him. Jesus did not let him, but said, "Go home to your own people and tell them how much the Lord has done for you, and how He has had mercy on you." I mean, this seems like a pretty simple request, right? This guy was full of—they said the legion. There was they called it a legion of demons because there were so many that were inside of him, right? And when Jesus cast out the the legion, cast out the demons, all he wanted to do simply was follow Jesus. I mean, look, there's a whole bunch of other people following you around. You got 12 that never leave you. You got these people that are trying to be around you all the time. This many people listen to you all over. I'm just, I mean, I just picture him literally like having one foot in the boat, like just ready to just go with him, right? He physically wanted to go with him, not just follow him in mind and spirit. I I can imagine him thinking that, man, I'm going to be one of the best Jesus promoters as well. Like people saw me with demons and now they're seeing me. Now they're going to want to meet this Jesus, meet this Jesus as well. But Jesus knew right away that he would be more beneficial to people who fully knew how he was before, who saw him and was able to see that he now is this new creation, demon free and set on a new path. Uh, One Bible translation says that he's now orderly and in his right mind. And I know for me in my journey, when I was broken and family, friends, family and friends didn't want a whole lot to do with me, I started to really realize that my ways were just not going to (laughs) work. They they weren't working. And I wanted what other people had. I started to really notice uh, individuals, whether it was when I first got to Union Gospel Mission or other people in society, bosses at work, whatever it was, um, they had these characteristics, these things about them that I strive for. And I was thinking, hmm, Maybe as you mature, maybe as you do certain things, you can grow into some of these characteristics. I never really thought of them as, you know, gifts from God or as the spirit of God actually being um, shown through you. And right at that time when I went to Union Gospel Mission, it was just uh, my third day, actually. I heard a presentation about Alpha. The first week of Alpha, which I literally said yes to attend, I'm still almost detoxing. I still felt terrible, but I went there because they told me at Alpha there was food. And I just signed up right then. I didn't hear anything else. I was like, there was food and it got me out of rehab one night a week, sign me up deal. That's what I wanted to do. And I was grabbing my plate and I was like, once again, I'm here for the food, right? So there's still food on the table. I'm going to go try to get seconds. And that's right. When week one's topic popped up, is there more to life than this? And in growing up in the church, I didn't really have a relational faith myself, but I had the head knowledge. I knew enough to know that God didn't work by coincidence, and I probably wasn't here for the food to eat. But um, as one person mentioned in her story, she was there for an eternal food, um, that I definitely agree with that statement. So I jumped in. God had me there for a reason. And uh, soon after that, my true relational faith uh, experience began. And during that time is when I heard Galatians five twenty two and 23, which a lot of you probably know, but it's the fruit of the Spirit. And it starts in five twenty two. but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. You might hear long-suffering or certain things, but those basically are it. And what usually people stop right there. And the verse 23 to me is what really resonated. Against such things, there is no law. God has given us this authority, this power, his presence with us really as a right, as heirs of his, as chosen creation, as sons and daughters, brothers and sisters in Christ. And it is this world and an enemy that steals that fruit from us if we don't pray into it. So we all have an opportunity to share that fruit, to bear that fruit where we live, where we work, where we play, and further just embrace the fruit in our life. So I often ask this question. I try to ask it of myself, probably should ask it even more often, but in the people with the lives that we are in relationship with, with the people that we know, I like this little litmus test. Am I giving people a reason to explore faith in Jesus? Are you giving people a reason to say, what makes you different? How did you handle it that way? Or are you simply giving people another reason to say another hypocrite? another reason that church doesn't work or I'm not that interested. Maybe it works for them on Sundays, but it doesn't work the rest of the week. So I won't want anything to do with it. So quite simply, are you giving people a reason to explore faith in Jesus? Am I showing courageous belief? Am I showing it or is it, is it hidden? Maybe, maybe when I'm older, maybe I'll do it then. Maybe if someone really like pins me down and wants to ask questions, then I'll talk about it. But, uh, Remember, it doesn't matter as much what you believe as it does what you believe enough to actually do. When we talk about doing, now we can talk about, let's talk about what's next, right? So the future. So the man, starting in verse 20. So the man, the demon-possessed man, went away and began to tell in the Decapolis how much Jesus has done for him. And all the people were amazed. And I love that at the end. And all the people were amazed at his story. He went away and started to tell in the ten-city region called the Decapolis. And in Greek, "deca" is ten and polis is city. So this is ten-city region um, that all knew who he was before. Cast out into the tombs, crying out, cutting himself. Literally couldn't even be held by these shackles and chains. And started to show everybody that he was orderly and in his right mind and set free and the person who he was created to be. But let's look a little bit at the important difference in what Jesus said and what he said. Jesus told him to go tell everybody how much the Lord has done for him. And what did he do? He went around and he told everybody what Jesus did for him. That Jesus healed him. That Jesus saved him. He told them that Jesus made the formerly demon-possessed man have his right mind. And this was and is indicating that Jesus shares the same nature as God Himself, that Jesus is Lord. He made the connection that Jesus is God and healed Him, saved Him. And many of us have had that same opportunity at different periods in our life to see Jesus heal, comfort, lead, and even restore in our own lives as well. And then that last statement I just love as well with all the people were amazed. They didn't doubt him because they saw how he was before, and now they see this changed version in front of them. And people can't really challenge your own story, right? It's really hard to challenge your own testimony, your own journey, uh, and the turns and twists that led you to this point, the things that you have gone through. People can't challenge the internal truth that powers how you act and how you react. I personally felt nudged to use my story of reconciliation, of restoration, Uh, to continue on at Seattle Union Gospel Mission after I finished that year program. I did a year internship uh, that included some seminary-like classes and working with the mission and local churches. Uh, I got hired there and did some case management because I just wanted to continue to be able to share and help other people come out of that addiction or homelessness. And I did a little bit of mission development or fundraising before starting to work with Alpha almost four years ago now. I just felt called to invite and offer that same opportunity that, that I was given because people really do want a place to explore. People want conversation, real conversation to be had and to not have it always behind a device. Like where do people go now when people want to explore faith or even just ask questions? to google well you're going to get an array of responses or criticisms and some truth maybe not like you can get you have to really know what you're looking for to find the right source there um it's sometimes it's hard to go even to a church service or uh, a bible study because there's sometimes some assumptions that take place but when you're in a relationship, you can have conversations with people. You can allow them to ask questions and let the Holy Spirit continue to work so that they feel safe engaging further. And there's a lot of opportunities um, that we have in our life that we probably just take for granted with that. So how do we tell people, though? How do we do it? How many people, or How many people do we tell, I guess? How many people do we actually tell when we know this truth? We know it's so needed. How many people do we know that could use that encouragement? How many people do you know that would love that same sense of peace that Jesus offers, that hopefully you feel in these situations? I'm going to tell you a pretty alarming stat that Barna Research Study did um, with us at Alpha over the last couple of years. 95% of regular church attenders, which, by the way, regular is only like one and a half times a month now, but 95% of regular church attenders have less than two faith conversations per year with people outside of the church. Less than two per year. That's not a very good description or definition of go, right? That's not that's not very good. And if you're feeling a little uh, convicted right now about that, that's okay. We're talking about opportunities moving forward. When the demon possessed man shared his story, people were amazed. They saw what Jesus did for him. So real quick, just three things uh, here. Remember all that he has done for you and that he is always working for the good. So remember, realize that people need to hear your story of faith, your journey, and then recognize that God wants to use you. We just have to be receptive to that. God wants to use you. So, Chris, I'm not sure if you're one that uses alliteration, but I at least wanted to put one little thing in there with three R's or three letters of the same thing. I feel like every pastor tries to do alliteration way too often. So I did one little section there of, <laughs> of your R's. Remember, realize, and recognize uh, that you are God's hands and feet. Are we receptive to being that? Our stories need to be shared, and we're called to do so. Courageous belief. Everybody's heard the Great Commission. Go, therefore, and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them to observe all that I have commanded you. And once again, at the end, it often gets cut off. And behold, I am with you always to the end of the age. Our relationships here are so important on this side of heaven, and as we grow closer together, we grow closer together, we're able to really help people see the vertical relationship that makes that even more fruitful. And it's just a perfect picture even of the cross. While we're here, let's work on our horizontal relationships and our vertical relationships, realizing what Jesus has done for us on that cross. So go, share your story. Your story matters. People will be amazed. I love just when they hear that, and all people were amazed with that demon-possessed man now being healed and in his right mind. For God is with you, with you always, and the fruit of the Spirit will flow out of you if we just accept uh, that commission to go. That step of faith, boldness of sharing your belief courageously, could just prompt someone to say yes to an invitation. Whether it's something around Christmas time is right around the corner. We're already in November. Are we engaging in conversations intentionally? What What are your plans for the holidays? What What traditions does your family have? they're naturally going to say, oh, what do you guys do? And then you're opening a conversation to church, to faith, to the real reason for the season. When we realize that Christ is enough, we're called to share that truth with everyone. So I'd love to uh, pray for us in just a second. And um, we're going to pray for for boldness to share your story, because sometimes it's hard. Like when we're making invitations to... Um, when we're making invitations to go to something, we're using some relational capital, which can be challenging. Um, but boldness and realizing that Jesus is with us always um, is definitely important. Um, and I know I always like to say, if there are some people in this room that maybe have not asked Jesus into their life for the first time, um, we're going to start with an acceptance or even a recommitment prayer that you can just echo in the silence of your own heart. And it quite simply follows the the themes of sorry thank you and please and then we're going to pray for a little bit of boldness to share our story after and that concludes our time so i like to open my hands when we pray it's a it's a physical representation of a internal posture um, for receiving so let's pray and if you just want to invite jesus either into your heart or for back in your heart for the first time in a long time you can just repeat after me in the silence of your own heart Uh, Father God, I'm so sorry for all the bad things that I have done. The bad things that I have thought and that I have done that are not pleasing to you. Please forgive me for all of my sins. I now turn away from everything that I know is wrong. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you for dying on the cross, for taking my sins upon yourself so that I can be forgiven and set free. Thank you that you offer me forgiveness and the gift of your Holy Spirit. I now receive that gift. Please now come into my life and fill me with your Holy Spirit to be with me forever. I receive you in Jesus' name. And dear God, we just thank you for Jesus, for saving us, for restoring our lives. Lord, we just pray against the demon of fear and attacks of the enemy to distract us from going and telling our story and sharing you, sharing the gospel with others. Lord, we pray for more of the spirit of boldness and confidence so we can boast in you. Lord, we lift up the three people that we thought about earlier that you have placed on our hearts and on our minds. Lord, I just pray that you give us each an opportunity to engage in conversations with those three individuals and share your truth with them. Help them to see you, Jesus, through us, the next opportunity we get. Give us the strength because of our courageous belief in you. Lord, help us to see your kingdom to come here on earth as it is in heaven. In Jesus' name, everyone said, amen. amen. You've been listening to a podcast from South Everett Foursquare Church. For more information about us, please visit us online at www.southeverett.org.